I'm a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. We also wanted to have accessible pieces of theatre done by survivors. In this case, it is done by a survivor. It's a one-man play talking about the lifelong impact, in fact, of abuse. He was abused in his, in his school days. Vatican Viewpoint, the church in the world, seen from Rome. A podcast produced by Vatican Radio. I'm your host, Devin Watkins. We're going off the beaten path this week to talk about child sexual abuse. The Pontifical Commission for the Protection of Minors recently hosted a play at its new offices in Rome performed by a survivor of the scourge. We'll hear more about the play entitled Groomed and the reason for hosting it at a Vatican office. Don't expect logic. There is no logic. The child is taught that what is bad is good. The teacher is not a teacher. The chair is not a chair. Nothing is certain except what was done. I'm not alone on stage. With me I have a live saxophone player. And I can tell you about why I have that in a minute. That's Patrick Sanford. He's the writer, performer and protagonist of Groomed, a play about his experience of sexual abuse as a child. I was abused by my primary school teacher or elementary school teacher when I was nine years old in England. It would be true to say that psychologically it caused quite a lot of damage. And one of the ways I survived was by retreating into my imagination. And I used to do as a child lots of plays. Before you ask, no, Patrick did not attend a Catholic school and was not abused by a member of the clergy. Perhaps that makes his story safer from a church point of view, but it doesn't diminish its realness or relevance, or the fact that it was a Vatican entity that hosted it. But let's get back to Patrick's story. I had six or seven different puppet plays, and there's a model theatre with little cut-out figures in this production, so that pretend life stories were safer than real life. And this developed through my teenage years and into my university years, and I ended up becoming a professional theatre director. So you could say the theatre literally saved my life. And I worked in the theatre. I was a a respected theatre director in England for about 35 years, 40 years. In Groomed, Patrick dramatically reproduces his abuse by a male teacher, and then, as he admits at the end, merely grazes the rage and pain that resulted from it and that haunted him for decades. Very simply, I tell the truth. That's what I wanted to do, and that's what I do. I don't tell very much about the actual abuse. I do show a bit of it, but I tell much more about the consequences, particularly the sense of isolation, the inability to talk about it, the fact that the child could not speak and the adult could not speak. Patrick's play is punctuated at times by outbursts from the accompanying saxophone. Because the saxophone is a very confident instrument. You can't be depressing with a saxophone. You can be melancholic, but that's not the same thing. 
And I thought if I have a saxophone, it also means there'll be little pauses where the audience can take in what I've said, gives me time to remember the line, what comes next. After he wrote Groomed, Patrick put two conditions on his desire to perform it publicly. One was the saxophone. I said I also want a director. And I want a director who's tough, but understands emotions, who will not let me get away with anything. And I ended up with Nancy Meckler, who is an extremely distinguished theatre director. Throughout our interview and in the open conversation that followed the play, Nancy would reach out and hold Patrick's hand whenever emotion threatened to overcome him. And she did exactly what I asked her to do. She was tough with me and told me when I was doing too much and very much helped me shape it. Statistics show that it takes a man an average of 26 years to break the silence and secrecy that surrounds abuse. It's a little shorter for women, but not much. And in the play I make the comparison between myself and the Japanese soldiers who at the end of World War II stayed on the islands in the Pacific and would not surrender for 29 years. They stayed in that state of being a survivor of the war. And in fact, it was an American psychologist who said that the loyal soldiers of Japan are like the loyal soldiers in our brains that say, never talk about it, never surrender, keep it the secret. Patrick says there is an understanding that grows between the perpetrator and the victim survivor that the abuse will be a secret. Because, of course, I hated the abuse. I hated what the teacher was doing to me. But I liked his attention, and I liked the fact that he always made me top of the class. And he told my mother I was the cleverest little boy he had ever taught. He was very clever at grooming me, and indeed grooming my mother, which is why I call the play Groomed. His mother was 90 years old when Patrick finally told her that he had been abused. As they rode together in his car, his mother mentioned his abuser and teacher by name, praising him. So well had she been groomed that she still remembered his name, even after over 50 years. So I'm talking about the difficulty of telling the truth and the necessity of telling the truth, and ultimately the liberation of telling the truth. We say the truth will set us free. Somebody said the truth will set us free, but it'll be a bit shitty on the way. And I think that's true. And has his play brought Patrick some healing? Abuse happens in secret. Recovery, or the best recovery, happens in community with other people. And that's because of shame. I think the greatest single effect of psychological or sexual abuse is shame. In my case, it was hugely body shame. I hated my body because of the bad things that had been done to it. I kind of numbed from my neck down. And shame, if you expose it to other people, it kills it. That's the way you get rid of shame. You open it up to other people. And people will say, well, that's not true, Patrick. You're not hideous and ugly. You're a bit eccentric, but aren't we all? So I would say that doing this play has been incredibly healing for me. listening to Vatican Viewpoint. We're talking about Groomed, a play by Patrick Sanford. 
It's not new, but it was hosted at the Vatican recently for the first time by the Pontifical Commission for the Protection of Minors. He was abused in his school days, but only came to terms with that and, and started talking about that many years later. And this talks about his journey and the impact it's had on him, the secondary impact on his family, and the victimhood of his own relatives uh, because of their original abuse. Oblate Father Andrew Small there. He's the secretary of the Protection Commission. And to see how this is often happening to us in plain sight, and to do that through a, a dramatic way, I think, is both healing for him, as he says, and creating this work of art, but also how he, he sort of conveys that message rather than just in facts and figures and statistics and stories. It's really the, the narrative of somebody's life done theatrically. Patrick performed his play at the new offices of the Pontifical Commission, which are in the center of Rome instead of inside the Vatican. We were very pleased, if not delighted, that the Holy Father granted us this new space for the commission. It's, as Cardinal O'Malley says, it's a lot more accessible for people when we have groups coming to us, particularly victims, survivors, their advocates, those who are working in the area of safeguarding in general. This is a much more sort of friendly space, and it's a much more open space here that in downtown Rome where we don't have to go through all of the checks in the Vatican. The Pontifical Commission for the Protection of Minors hosted groomed out of a desire to allow abuse survivors to have space to express their stories in whatever way they choose. When the Holy Father talks about a period of reckoning, I think he's saying we need to tell the truth about what happened to people. People need to be able to be free to tell that truth, not fear any sort of backlash from folks. Many people who talk about abuse in their parish communities can sometimes be ostracized because they're kind of upsetting things and they're sort of dragging up the past. Well, that's just not the case. This is the present for people. It's not the past. And we have to find a language. We have to find the pastoral ministry and outreach that can welcome that and to honor it and to lead people where they want to go with that, which is normally a better life, one that's not locked in this silence of the past. Pope Francis has sought to help the Church face up to its past regarding sexual abuse. He convoked bishops from across the globe in 2019 and has updated canon law to put into place safeguarding and reporting mechanisms. The Holy Father said very clearly, we have to prepare for this period of, of restoration. You can call it reparation if you like, but I like the word repair or recutire, as they say in, in Italian, to sort of bring the threads of the fabric back together again, which is never easy for people who've experienced such terrible trauma. But unless we, we sort of hold out that vision of healing, of the possibility of life that is not dominated by this trauma, I think that we're not really able to preach the hope that comes from the gospel. Thank you for joining us here on Vatican Viewpoint. We'll be back again next week.